I want a Dan Levitard for Christmas. Only a Dan Levitard will do. Don't want a stew, an icky sticky stew. I want a Dan Levitard to sit and listen to. I want a Dan Levitard for Christmas. I don't think ESPN will mind, do you? Hey, Mr. Norby, you won't have to worry if Stu can't read an ad because his vision's getting blurry. The Fan Levitard Show, episode number three. Like, subscribe, rate, review, but most importantly, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. But before we get into today's episode, we need to do just a little bit of housekeeping from the last episode. Um, we got into a discussion about extraterrestrials and which member of the Levitard show uh, displays the characteristics most likely to be found in an extraterrestrial. And I put that on our poll on Twitter at Levitard underscore fan. And you all voted and your options were Dan, Stu or other with an option to explain in the comments. And of those three, 55.4% of you voted for Stu. 33.8% of you voted for other and 10.8% of you voted for Dan in the comments itself. Uh, most of y'all who said it was not Dan or Stu seem to agree that it's definitely Billy. Um, and I'll read some of these. Um, Will Woodward 15 on Twitter says, well, we have found in recent days that Billy Gill can best communicate with them. NCM42 says, Guillermo, with all his phobias and love of chaos, an inexplicable collection of old food and random things around his desk. And Rich Sites says, irrational trepidation, unnatural speaking cadence, faster than the freeze, not normal. So thank you all for voting. And again, if you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Levitard underscore fan. And speaking of Twitter, that's actually where I want to begin today's show because I stumbled across a really interesting conversation happening between Lower Ranger Morgan from Australia and The Goods Dude on Twitter, uh, or at Dude Goods on Twitter. Um... And Dude Goods, and I'll read the tweet, said, I'm 41 years old and I am petrified of gaining weight, mainly because of how the world reacts to someone putting on a few pounds. It's madness. It isn't funny. And Lower Ranger Morgan from Australia responds, if you're funny, it's okay to get fat because that's a stereotype society is used to. People are gross. And the conversation goes on from there discussing, you know, the fat jokes that the show likes to use with Dan and Chris um, and really just in, in society in general and just looking about, you know, weight as a sensitive issue, whether or not it's fair play to make fun of someone or crack jokes at someone's expense for weight. And it brought me back to sports because there were some photos circulating in the media and on Twitter the other night of two basketball players, a one Luka Doncic, a.k.a. the Beluka Whale, and James Harden, who were playing in their first preseason games. And by the looks of things, they came in, you know, a little bit out of shape. Um, 
you know, Luka Doncic just looking a little more rotund than we last saw him in the bubble. And James Harden also sharing um, that same kind of dad bodish figure that, you know, frankly, we've come to expect from him, but a little bit more so than normal. And, you know, thinking back to those photos and the conversation that Morgan from Australia and the goods dude were having on Twitter, is it okay to make fun of athletes who come in from camp overweight and out of shape? Is that fair play? Because James Harden is a really easy target for that. He has a very recent history of questionable behavior. Um, you know, obviously he's been photographed as of late partying without masks, uh, disregarding COVID protocols. Um, he was a late arrival to camp for that very reason. He had to go through a, an extended quarantine and testing process while the rest of his teammates were working. He's obviously been very public about demanding a trade out of Houston. And so him coming into camp out of shape may be just part of that bigger picture, him trying to cause a stir, force his way out of Houston. But <laughs> we know a couple things about James Harden, one of which is that he really, really enjoys himself a strip club. And as we learned in the bubble with Lou Williams, strip clubs can have incredible chicken wings. I'm looking at you, Magic City, that Lou Williams story was beyond parody just leaving a funeral going to his favorite restaurant in atlanta and it just happened to be a strip club because they have a flavor of uh, chicken wings named after him and you know james harden is uh he's a connoisseur of the art of uh exotic dancing once spent one million dollars in a single night and got his jersey retired at a strip club in Houston. So this is who we're talking about here. And, you know, I, I, I can't help but just wonder, like, James Harden, did you spend just like the last two months at strip clubs eating chicken wings? Because it really does look like it. Like, you see the picture of James Harden, and he's always been someone who's had, I guess, a non-traditional basketball figure for a player of his size, for a guard. But, man, you look at some of the photos, and they are just not flattering. And... You know, your gut instinct is to chuckle at that because this is an athlete who is making millions and millions of dollars to be, you know, in peak physical condition for that sport. But he comes in and he's practically got chicken wings falling out of his out of his shorts pockets. And it's just it's wild. But, you know, is that is that fair play? I legitimately don't know. Um because we are in a society now where we have to be more cognizant of of people and their feelings, and rightfully so. Um, but man, this just feels like such an easy target to hit on. And, you know, it's so easy to forget that athletes are human, that they're going through their own struggles. Obviously, we have more athletes than ever coming out about mental health and the struggles there. Um, social media doesn't help that at all. And so I just, I'm legitimately curious, is that fair play to make fun of an athlete who comes in, you know, overweight, out of shape, just not in, in the peak form that one expects from an athlete? And, you know, I think we can 
even take that to to another level you know in football we we celebrate the fat guy touchdowns you know the the big offensive lineman who recovers a fumble and and takes it to the end zone the defensive lineman who inexplicably ends up with an interception and runs it back 20 yards Um, it's just fun to see the big guys move and you know is that coming from a good place I legitimately don't know the answer to that I'm, I'm kind of just throwing that that thought out into the ether is it acceptable to be making fun of situations involving people's weight even in the realm of sports i don't know uh just something to ponder i'd be curious to know your thoughts on that again hit us up on twitter at lebetard underscore fan with your thoughts whether or not it is fair or foul to make fun of a player's weight or their their general fitness level overall And so with 2020 coming to an end, I wanted to take some time and just kind of reflect on what has been a complete dog shit year. Everyone has their own personal reasons for why this year has sucked. I have my own, you have your own, the world has its collective reasons, but overarching, I think we can all agree that this year has blown. So... I want to try to put a positive spin on that, and I have three different sports that I was able to really get into for various reasons during the pandemic, and I want to kind of go over those real quick, because, you know, as bad as this year has been, I am kind of grateful in a weird sense that I was introduced to these three sports because I can legitimately see them as being part of my life moving forward. So I want to go over them real quick. So bear with me. Number one, horse racing, a.k.a. the ponies. Now, when sports shut down, and I I remember this so, so vividly, the night that Rudy Gobert tested positive, um, the game was... the game that the game that was scheduled to be played that night um was immediately stopped right before tip-off and from there it was just like a bunch of dominoes started to fall um as a fan of an acc school when the acc tournament uh, the basketball tournament was canceled and then subsequently the other conferences followed suit and march madness was canceled it was kind of like an oh shit this this is serious this is actually happening and that domino effect led to basically all sports as we know it being shut down for a period of time. But around the world, as everyone kind of got a handle on things, some things started to open back up. And the first one that I discovered that seemingly never stopped was horse racing. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was in a bad spot early in the pandemic, probably like many of you going through a bunch of anxiety and a bunch of distress about just the general state of the world. But part of that was a general sports withdrawal. Sports are such a big part of my life. They're probably the main entertainment that I consume. So I was really hurting without that. And then I discovered horse racing. Specifically, I discovered TVG. And, you know, I discovered this as one does at 3 a.m. sitting in the bathtub, desperate for content to consume. And, you know, I, I, I almost feel like I had kind of like a Chris Cody moment there where I just found myself captivated by watching Australian horse racing because it was like the first legitimate sport I was able to watch in what felt like forever. And since that time... 
I feel like horse racing, I don't know whether this is true or not, but for me personally, it feels like horse racing has become more and more prevalent. I feel like I'm seeing it on TV more. The cable package that I have now now has two separate TVG apps uh, or channels dedicated specifically to horse racing, so I can watch it 24-7 if I want to. There's always a race happening around the world. And so horse racing is something that I think will be a part of me for a long time in the future. I have not uh, gone to the degenerate level of betting on horse racing yet, but if anyone out there has any tips for your boy, uh, maybe I will listen and take the plunge into the world of sports gambling. Not entirely sure yet, but we'll see. So horse racing is number one. Number two on that list is a combination of Marbula One and Formula One. Now, if you're asking yourself, what is Marbula One? That is marble racing. Specifically, it was a channel on YouTube called Gels Marble Runs, where this person would create these very elaborate racetracks, and he would assemble a bunch of marbles, and he would just roll them down the track and see which one finished first. And it got so elaborate that it started to, you know, get sponsorships and became a a pretty big deal. And I discovered this during the pandemic and it was oddly captivating. And then I discovered that Marbula One was based on Formula One, which is probably the most popular racing league in the entire world, but just one that I was not super familiar with personally here in the States. And so once I discovered that, I decided, you know, I'm going to I'm going to turn this on and I'm going to give it a look because I've never been a huge racing person, not a NASCAR fan by any means, never been into IndyCar, drag racing never really appealed to me. I'm not I'm not a super big car guy in general, but I have been absolutely floored and blown away by how watchable Formula One is as a sport. The production values from Sky Sports are incredible. They're top-notch. Their overlays and graphics feel like a video game. Everything about it is very, very simple. It's, uh, It's digestible. It's understandable for a newcomer. And frankly, the personalities involved in the sport are very, very relatable and likable and you know, I never thought I would be waking up in the mornings on on a Sunday to watch Formula One races at all different hours, depending on where the track is. But that's what I have been doing for months now. And I got to say, I have grown to absolutely adore that sport. And it recently ended. Uh, their season ended last weekend. And now I'm kind of left wondering, like, wow, what what do I do with my Sunday mornings? And obviously, I'm going to keep watching soccer and Premier League and all that good stuff, but it, it's just going to feel a little hollow without Formula One in my life because I've really, really grown to enjoy that sport. I am a Lewis Hamilton stan now. That is something I never would have thought I would have said uh, this time last year. I wouldn't have known who Lewis Hamilton even was. And now I know that he is inarguably the GOAT of Formula One. And so Formula One is number two on that list. I highly encourage everyone to check it out if you haven't before when it returns in February or March. I'm not entirely sure which one it is. Um, And definitely check out Marbula One on YouTube because it is surprisingly entertaining. I guarantee you're sitting there thinking like that that sounds really weird and boring, but just just trust me. Give it a shot. Marbula One 
M-A-R-B-U-L-A, then the number one. Look for it on YouTube. It's fantastic. Cannot recommend it enough. That's number two. And number three, I don't feel great about, but I'm going to say it anyway, and that is UFC. And I want to get out in front of this with this blanket statement. Dana White, you are a piece of shit. Your organization is a piece of shit. The fighters should unionize, and they all deserve fair wages for their fights. Now, with that being said, man, was I grateful for UFC during this quarantine. Uh, Dana White, being the schmarmy businessman that he is, decided that he wanted to be the first one back in major American sports. And he did just that with Fight Island and the, the Apex Arena in Las Vegas and all of that stuff. And I was never a huge UFC person before. I would watch a fight here or there if it was on and nothing else was really catching my interest, but I would certainly not buy a pay-per-view fight. I never owned any UFC video games or merchandise or anything like that until the pandemic. And all of a sudden I found myself, I probably like many of you, just sitting there watching UFC or buying a pay-per-view, not because you felt super strongly about it, but because it was what was on. I mean, there really was no sports content at the time other than UFC, and they shamelessly filled that hole. And as much of a hypocrite as it makes me, I, I enjoyed every second of it. Hell, I ended up buying a UFC video game because I started just really getting into the fights and the sport itself. Still not going to sit here and claim that I'm a, a massive UFC fan, but, you know, if there's a fight on and it's not a pay-per-view fight, sit down and watch it for the evening, or maybe I'll buy a pay-per-view here or there if it's a particularly good card, but UFC, I'm, again, a little more reluctant to to give a bunch of praise to just because of how they operate and how just gross and dirty the entire fight industry and organization is in general but they do have some fun characters and they really did help get us through a really really dark sports time when there was pretty much nothing else and if you weren't watching uh, Australian ponies or marble racing you were probably watching UFC like me. And so those are my three things that 2020 introduced me to in the sports world. I'd be curious to know if anyone else out there experienced something similar to that. Um, so if you discovered any other sports or entertainment or really anything during 2020 that you had previously not really been into just because you had nothing else to do during the quarantine or lockdown period, let me know on Twitter at Lebitard underscore fan. <laughs> All right, and that is about going to wrap it up here for episode three of the Fan Lebitard Show. But before we go, I would be remiss to not wish a very, very happy birthday to a one Dan Lebitard whose show has made all of this possible. <clears throat> happy birthday to him. I don't care. Good luck. Dan, that's for you. If somehow you end up hearing this, uh, happy birthday to you and hopefully continued health and well-beings to you, your family, your friends, and frankly, to everyone that's a part of the show. All right, everybody. Well, with that, we are going to get out of here. Um, again, hit us up on Twitter at Lebitard underscore fan. Like, subscribe, rate, review, share the podcast with your friends, your family, other people who enjoy the Lebitard show and you think might enjoy this. And we will chat with you next week. Have a good one.